It is October 29th, 2023, and welcome to Gigantic Pop number nine. Here we are, myself, Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan and Raj Geary, the three of us together again as we head into uh, Halloween proper. I feel like Halloween's a four-day holiday this year, given that everyone was celebrating this weekend and Tuesday night is the holiday itself. Halloween proper? What's Halloween improper? Well, Halloween improper was this weekend, right? I mean, you see everybody posting their photos of costumes. Mm. It's it's uh, it's like that great time of year when, um, you know, when Christmas and New Year's line up, so you get almost two weeks off work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we get like Halloween weekend, then we get actual Halloween Tuesday. I like that. I like when it's an extended holiday. You know. So I feel like Halloween should be the the last Friday of October. Forget, really? you know, like 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 uh Thanksgiving, you know, it's the the last Thursday, right? Yeah. Um second to last Thursday. Second to last Thursday. Or Just, I think it's fourth Thursday of yeah, fourth Thursday. Right. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that with Halloween last Friday. You know, like having it on a Tuesday just just sucks. You know? <laughs> you know, you wanna you know, Halloween is a it, it's a it, it's a party uh holiday. I always think it sucks. I always think it sucks for the kids, you know, because yeah. they get all excited. They get the sugar rush from their candy at the family. Let's say eat it after they're done trick or treating. Then it's like, ugh, they go to school tomorrow morning. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. So I think the last Friday. That's how it should be done. The weirdest thing for me is it gets dark earlier. Um, we get trick or treaters here in our neighborhood. We get trick or treaters at like four thirty in the afternoon. Mm. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. We do too. Um, we're getting more families that have moved in our neighborhood recently, so. Same thing. Still somewhat daylight when they start their trick-or-treating, I'm noticing. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. It's interesting. So you guys now, okay, so here's my question now that we're all adults. Because as kids, we knew what our preferences are. But now that we're all adults, do you give out at your house, Raj to you first, do you give it the full-size candy bars or are you still doing like the mini yeah, Mr. Good Bar Mounds, Hershey's minis? Yes, the minis. The, the oh. mini Snickers, the you know, M&Ms, those. Yeah. You better hope these kids didn't see what you paid for Taylor Swift. What have they done? (laughs) (laughs) I've got to ask my wife, is she recycling again from last year (laughs) because we got too much or or what? That's a great question. I think she's giving out the minis, though. I'm pretty positive, which are meh. I mean, look, at least you're not the house that gives out a box of raisins and a toothbrush. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or an apple. An apple. That was my favorite. (laughs) Oh, man. But no, so it's here upon us. Um... So we're going to talk about a couple things this week. We're going to loosen up the format a little bit. One thing I wanted to ask you guys, though, did you watch Halloween Havoc Part 1 of NXT this past Tuesday? There were some massive title switches. Like, NXT feels so unpredictable right now with the direction it's going in. I missed it. Tell me what happened. Okay, so uh, Lyra Valkyria is our new NXT Women's Champion. She beat Becky Lynch with Jade Cargill in the audience watching. Who is she? Lyra Valkyria shows you from <laughs> Ireland. Um, her intro gimmicks, and this might sound kind of, I'm going to describe it kind of weird. Like her costume had a lot of feathers, even though she's from Ireland. She had vignettes that made her look like Wonder Woman, like coming from the aisle, the aisles, you know, that she was like running through the jungle and out scenically. And she was, had this, uh, kind of, uh, yeah, Celtic warrior thing going on. It was interesting. Um, great story though, that she actually trained a little bit. Becky Lynch came and did a seminar I guess like seven years ago and they met in Ireland for the first time and Becky Lynch was her hero. So they really built up hmm. the Irish angle of this, the personal cool. journey. Um, she was good in the ring, tons of false finishes. She took Becky to the limit, but the problem I have in NXT right now is if Jade Cargill showing up in NXT and they're hmm. making, I mean, it's just, look, it's very tough to have a champion at Becky's level. And I think NXT has stumbled in the women's division. Um, I mean, Roxanne Perez is great. Indy Hartwell is great. Tiffany Stratton's great. But they've had a lot of women that, even though their wrestling skills are getting there, they're still not fully there on the mic. So if right. if it is good, I mean, I thought Jade was going to beat Becky for this championship. I thought that made all the sense in the world. It's very interesting it to does. me that Lyra is going to be the champion going forward because she's good, but she's not great yet. So so Jade Cargill, they're, they're not put. There's no way, in my opinion, they're going to put her on NXT. I hope not. I hope she's on Raw and SmackDown, and this was just another tease. Uh, of having her, you know, in the audience and having having giving her face time of building her up to be a big to do to be a big main event act, 
without her doing one thing physically yet and letting her yeah not even her physique do the talking yet because they've not even showed her full you know physique in comparison to the other women in these divisions um like so they're doing the right thing i'm bringing her along very slowly but making her feel like a big deal I mean, they're, I, I think they've been doing a great job. I feel like her and Charlotte Flair, that's, I mean, that could headline the night of WrestleMania, you know, like, uh, and just by her uh, just being there, like the, the, they make her seem like uh, just a, a huge star. So I think they've been doing a fa- uh, fantastic job with her so far, just by doing the bare minimum, but presenting her like a gigantic superstar. So, so Glenn, when, 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 you know, this is the old adage of bigger guys, or in this case, bigger, physically speaking, muscular wise, uh, women, um, that look the part like a million bucks. Um, that's how wrestlers get introduced proper with this long, slow burn where you're just dying to want to see what can they do in the ring and make everybody's imagines go, imaginations go crazy with potential, you know, they call, they'll call them dream matches. Um, and things of the like like charlotte's never been in a ring with somebody who can out who can out physical her who who mm-hmm. can be more physical uh and stronger than her rhea ripley okay rhea ripley yes um but still there was that height differential that's not going to yeah. be there with jade cargill you know standing on the other side yeah hmm. well what's interesting about this so two weeks ago on nxt they ended the show with jade on a screen tapping her watch like time's up time's coming Ooh, soon okay then she shows up at nxt sits in the audience on this little throne they had for her in the audience um tuesday <laughs> because becky is established now that the nxt women's title it can be defended on raw and smackdown hmm. i mean look she's not beating rhea ripley she's not going to show up on raw and defeat rhea rhea's too no. white hot right now yes but the others know, are not yeah, Io Sky is not, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. you have um, Bianca Belair just came down, came back to SmackDown. Charlotte's mm-hmm. on SmackDown, and the real money food feud for Io before Io drops the title is Io Sky versus Bailey, and Damage Control breaking up. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that needs to happen. Um, so I don't know. I don't hate the idea of Jade being the NXT Women's Champion, squashing the talent on NXT, or at least okay. uh, giving the women more. I mean, I'm talking like an Oscar level reign on NXT, okay. but she defends it across brands. I'll take that if that's how it's booked, though. Um, it has to be booked. And the women's division is stacked. It is. Um, it, it, overall, it is. And so, like you just said, Bailey. Yeah. And then her storyline. Uh, um, Storyline-wise, that's an interesting matchup that you're talking about. But, like, if we're talking about a women's match that will sell pay-per-view tickets, especially WrestleMania tickets, it's Charlotte. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's definitely Charlotte and her or even Becky and her or – um even Rhea, Rhea Ripley in her, but they're never going to do that because that would be foolish of them. Yeah, Rhea, Rhea cannot lose right now. Yeah, that's like Survivor Series 2025. Maybe, yeah. yeah. You know, down the line. But uh, the other interesting thing that happened, uh, footnote, Tony D'Angelo and Stax lost the Tag Team Championships to Chase U in a Ugh. great match in like an all-time, one of the top 10 NXT tag matches ever. Good choreography, good outside-the-ring interference. But because of this, Thea Hale and JC Jane are getting a shot now at the women's tag belts. I think they might win them off Chelsea and Piper, uh, given the idea of giving Chase U all those titles right now. Um, but Lexus King made his debut. Brian Pillman Jr., don't call him that, but Lexus King oh. made his debut last Tuesday. Amazing entrance. Yeah. Shockingly competitive match against Dante Chen. Who's Dante Chen? Is he good? Uh, is he over? He's been in NXT for a while. He's a good technical wrestler. And he beat him in his debut match? Uh, he did beat Dante Chen. Alexis Tell him in one. Yeah, oh, yeah. good. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. no, I I thought, you know, uh, Pillman is looking more like loose cannon Pillman as opposed yeah. to flying Brian Pillman. And, uh, you know, like he, when he was in AEW, he kind of had that, the mullet, it, kinda, it was kind of an outdated look. And now he looks, uh, I feel like uh, it's, it's a big improvement. So, yeah. He's I got think, the glow uh, up. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very uh, '90s rock star, but uh, he 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 looks the part. He looks like a star now. Like he he stands I gotta, out. I gotta go so, look this up now. I'm excited. Yeah, no, funny it's... though, his entire gimmick. Oh, thanks, Issa. Issa saying I sold that on Tony D'Angelo. I still love Tony D'Angelo. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I just it was a great match. I was happy with whoever won. Um, but they keep saying don't 
you know, he's like, don't call me. I'm nobody's junior, yada, yada. Booker commentary wouldn't shut up about no. Brian Pillman during this match. It was a weird match. He had the audience in the palm of his hand from his entrance. Wow. And then during this match, it was kind of like, this is going on way too long. He has a cool finisher, but it was just a really weird follow through on what up until that moment had been an A plus build. I still I have to watch it, obviously, but but speaking on his work, his work, not his character, but his work in AEW, um, he still was finding himself yeah. um, as far yeah. as the in-between the move stuff that you have to do to garner emotional right. investment from an audience. Um, so I'm hopeful that, that what they're doing with him NXT um, will lend towards that and he'll start to learn that part of the, the equation because you can have the fanciest entrance you want. Um, it won't help get you over legitimately with the fans and their emotional investment unless you can figure out who you are and then give that back to the audience with all your isms in between the moves. Yeah, there, there's like poise and, and uh, a competence uh, that, you know, kind of makes you seem larger than life. And I feel like he's starting to get that aspect of it, where, which I felt like he didn't have before. And uh, yeah, I think he's... Uh, I don't know who's in his ear. I don't know if it's Regal or or Sean, but uh, he he's coming along. Good. That's Jackson making a cameo in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are, what are you doing with Jackson for Halloween? You know what? We're still not sure if Jackson fully understands what it's all about. He just knows he's supposed to take his bucket up to people and get candy, right? That's he's doing. But but like he picked his own outfit this year as a firefighter. <laughs> But um, I don't know if he necessarily gets the whole thing of Halloween just yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, one thing I want to mention, uh, I know we want to talk about some AEW stuff. Maybe we should space it out through the show. I don't know how we want to do it. But um, are, did you watch Friday SmackDown, Matt, and see LA Knight's promo with Roman? Yeah, I thought he delivered again. I really did. I, I, there's parts of it I didn't like, but it's me being super nitpicky. Um Overall, absolutely. Once again, I give credit to Roman in this because oftentimes when Cena was put in the spot, how many times did we see him just gobble up and eat up whatever the opposing talent was and then just kill that dude's career? Not kill the career, but career the career at the main event level um, of any semblance of being on his level. And uh, Roman's confident with himself enough to allow, because let's be honest, if he wasn't cool with this, LA Knight wasn't being able to do any of what he said and did in that ring, in that contract signing. Um, so, very impressed with it. Again, impressed with Roman, but more obviously impressed with LA Knight, and he de- delivering time after time that they keep giving him the ball, and he's just so much more confident. I know what the ultimate is going to happen. He's not going to win. We all know it. And that's what sucks about this, because he is white hot, the fans are cheering for him in, in weird spots. Normally, when fans don't start cheering for a talent, it's really weird, but it shows how over he is. It's not yeah. the, come on, Kentuckiana, let me hear you, crap, baby faces do. Um, but, you know, as they're about to start a match before they lock up, right, He he's not just having to do his L.A. night crap to make them cheer for him. They're coming on their own accord when they want to, and they're doing it just randomly throughout his segments. And when Roman started trying to dig into him a little bit, they just shut him up by starting chanting mm-hmm. L.A. Knight's name. Yeah. It's fun to watch. But he's going to lose that yeah. match. Yeah, sorry. Yes. I, I felt like that that kind of hurt uh, Austin Theory with this feud with John Cena. Like when John Cena buried him, and Austin Theory never got that chance to come back and and uh and retort you know and i felt like it, it just was never the same for him after that like uh it, it just showed he wasn't on that level and even though he won the match he, he was kind of exposed that he wasn't ready for for that kind of prime time level but i think roman uh you know giving him la night his, his shine uh, i thought uh you know he's a superstar it's just tough though because he i mean he's he's bodying roman on the mic and um i mentioned this the other night it's like it's like imagine the end of eight mile when b rabbit has that killer performance on papa doc b rabbit's walking away says the future i gotta go back to work then right when the credits roll papa doc and free world show up and just beat the shit out of b rabbit (laughs) (laughs) right we we still got a couple we still got a couple weeks though we still got a couple weeks to crown jewel so uh I think got uh, one like oh. six days till Crown Jewel. Is it really? 
I, I I've been in yeah. Mexico, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Leads. What day is it? What's going on? What <laughs> right. country am I in? Who 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 are you people? Raj is in his, like his bunker right now in his safe room somewhere, hiding out, podcasting. Um, no, I think uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with this. But and we'll talk about AEW a little later in the show. One thing uh, we want to talk about, of course, um, the big news everyone's talking about. We all got the incredibly sad news last night that Matthew Perry mm. from Friends, and it feels like every sitcom, every other movie of our childhood, passed away at the age of 54. And um, I mean, I th this was something last night where I saw the news and I wanted to, to confirm it. Is this wrong? Is it there? And then it was like, oh, my God, I've got to tell my wife about this. Like, this, this is just mm. big. I mean, given the uh, ubiquitous popularity and nature of friends um, and how that show has never gone away. Mm. I mean, this is, you know, one of the biggest stars in, in television, uh, you know, passing away that I think we've experienced in a long, long time. Because it felt like, I mean, even though friends have been off the air for 20 years, it feels like it's still a show wow. that has never not been massively popular. Yeah. This is one of our, you know, my wife and I's shows that we would watch like every single night when the reruns would start coming on. Um, once they ran through all their seasons and they started doing, you know, reruns and stuff like that every night, like clockwork at dinner. Um, and just one of those things to bond over, you know, it was a similar show that we like, which is not many. Um, but that was definitely one of them. And I'm talking about good Lord, going back to when I was in OVW watching it with her crying out loud. That's how long ago. Um, and yeah, she was really sad. She was the one who told me the news when it first hit. Yeah, my, my wife and I are the first Valentine's we had. Um, we watched Fools Rush In, which was Matthew Perry and Selma Hayek. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, he, he always had that um, that sense of humor that always uh, drew me in, like that very smart ass, um, very sarcastic, dry. He was my favorite character on Friends. And uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, really sad to see it's one of those that you hear the stories over the years you, you kind of knew he was in a rough spot at times but um uh he, he was yeah. sober he did he, he was, did clean his act up he did he did he was sober right before this had happened now i don't know if something i just know he had congestive heart failure correct yeah they said he drowned in uh hot tub That's so terrible it's horrible um, but um he's a part of um, so many of our i hate to say, like sound cheesy but it's the truth like our everyday lives like like clockwork i can imagine how many households across america had that show on um not just during its original run but i'm talking about when in my opinion it got even hotter was when they did the reruns on it and everybody who might have been late to the game came you know watching it and so many family and household television sets and people's living room back when people used to eat dinner at a you know a table together um that show was absolutely predominantly on yeah well you, you know back then you know when people talk about like a, a show doing like 8 million viewers or something now back then they were doing like 25 you know like 20 25 million viewers like uh Seinfeld friends i mean shows were just gigantic that's, back then it was kind of like the golden era of that uh br brother that was the back that, that's the best my opinion my personal opinion mm our block of television in my my lifetime i would say was when again the reruns came out for it'd be uh friends and seinfeld i'm sorry mm -hmm. friends and yeah. seinfeld back to back that was the power hour they throw king of queens in there somewhere afterwards right but and i'm really saying this with in regards to thursday nights back when i was a little kid when we had family ties we had cheers and we had the cosby's all in the same Mm -hmm. Thursday night schedule. If you guys and remember, that was a and that was a huge two-hour window and time block. And Richard right. um, just passed away. Bull passed away a few days ago. Oh, did he really? Yeah, at the yeah. age of eighty. Oh, eighty. Eighty. Wow. Well, let me say this. Um, you said that Chandler was your favorite character. He was. He was mine on Friends, but like I love Joey Tribbiani. Joey was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. He's so funny in the middle of just you know anytime anything would be semi seriously would be semi serious he would he would you know break the 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 temperature if you will and make it funny somehow but uh, so did Chandler though right he's so damn funny in that show yeah yeah I think that was like one of the first times that I ever really saw a character just embody that sort of Gen X sense of sarcasm dry wit um, 
you know and when you think about seinfeld seinfeld's a great show but seinfeld is still kind of like a baby boomer show like friends was our generation show right i mean here we are we're all in right. our late 40s mm-hmm. like those were characters that were a little older than us but that was very much that sensibility well, but what's impressive though i mean millennials gen z everybody loves that show mm-hmm. well that's a good call with the baby boomer thing with seinfeld because well they weren't married either because i was just gonna make the point on friends they showed friends at a certain age that the generation before it, you were married and with kids by this point in time, not putting your career first. And if you go back to those friends episodes, it was definitely their careers first um, before their own personal relationships. And if you look at Seinfeld, even same thing, no one on that show was married either. Right. Well, yeah. I don't think anyone would right? have them on Seinfeld. They were also insufferable. And <laughs> they were horrible. Remember how it ends? They're just horrible human beings. That's how it ends. They all got arrested. <laughs> For being horrible people. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, uh, it, 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 it kind of took a lot of the, uh, the Seinfeld, uh, um, uh, that vibe that they had where it was like, you know, oh. like it wasn't emotional. There wasn't, uh, you know, yeah. something. Well, that was like their you're motto you're not Seinfeld. learning a lesson. Yeah, no hugging, no learning. That was the Seinfeld right. motto. Yeah, yeah. And it took place in an apartment. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just interesting. I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, God knows in the years that we've done this, we've lost so many figures in the world of professional wrestling and had to report on their deaths. And many people that you were, were peers with and, and close with, um, I think that... You know, we all lose people that are close to us. It's interesting when someone that's in the popular culture passes away because it really shows the power of our connection with media. And we feel mm-hmm. like we know these people because of yes. the hours we've spent watching them. I mean, um, I remember the first, you know, quote unquote celebrity death I experienced as a child. Like, I really had to understand what that meant, processing it. It was a very, I, I mean, it's strange. I, I was, I guess I was fortunate enough that no one in my family had passed away. I think it was maybe seven years old when John Eric Hexum, who was on the show Voyagers as a kid passed away. And that was really how I understood the concept of death. Now I had met him before at Universal Studios. So he was like my favorite actor at the time. Voyagers was one of my favorite shows. Matt, you're searching your brain. It was him and a little kid. It was actually Punky Brewster's brother who had this curly mop of black hair and they had a watch and they could travel through time and like Hmm. fix history. And I loved this show when I was a kid. He was on later on a show called Cover Up. Um, yeah. This show put up before Quantum Leap was put out? Yeah, this was like early, this was like 82, 83. This was wow. on, on okay. NBC. Um, they went to a show cover up. He had a terrible accident on set where he actually was making a joke with a prop gun and didn't realize it had blanks in it. And he accidentally took his own life, um, putting the gun, literally putting the gun to his head. Making a joke. Like making a joke. Kind of, oh, yeah. God. Um, and because I'd wow. met him at uni- he was the first celebrity I'd ever met uh, as well. Cause he just happened to be at universal studios one day when we were there doing autographs. Um, but that, like, that was how I learned about death and dying was through this process. And I don't know if that, you know, made it any easier, but it's interesting to see as time goes on. And I think Matthew Perry for a lot of people is going to be one of those major yeah. take it to heart yeah. deaths. Um, I mean, we get so used to it every day. Like I just mentioned, Richard Mole put on Night Court died. Susan Summers recently died. I think we almost get used to it, but then there are always these ones that just hit us almost in unexpected mm-hmm. ways. John Ritter was that way when he passed away 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Because again, that was someone I just grew up watching and loving. And I think, yes. um, you know, this process of collective grief as it pertains to people we know through the popular culture, I think is, is just fascinating. Um, but it's, it's interesting when we have such a shared experience with it. And again, I, th- I think... Not that it makes it easier, but it makes it um, a little less of a burden when so many people are also going through it. You could share those memories together. And it's just, I think it's a very interesting process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Raj, what movie, p- hard pivot here, and I know we're changing the subject, but Raj, you suggested they live this week as we go into <laughs> Halloween. Speaking of wrestlers that are no longer with us, Roddy Piper in his starring role. One of the best uh, leading man performances uh, by by a wrestler, I think, uh, of all time. Right? Like, uh, what's better? I mean, the he Rock? definitely beat Hulk Hogan. You know, if he you beat Hulk Hogan, he's not beating The Rock. Come on. Well, well, okay, well, okay. Well, aside from Pain and Gain, Matt, what movie has The Rock actually that, acted? In? I thought he was. Yeah, I thought he was good in Jumanji. Okay, but he's playing The Rock. Like, what movie is he? Oh, I mean, well. He's, <laughs> or he, the rock has two things he does he either plays the rock 
Or what was Roddy Piper? Wait, hang, hang time out. What was Roddy Piper playing? He was a drifter, and he didn't yeah. want to, play, you know, with a he, bunch of thousand and nine different one-liners of being a kick-ass, kick-ass guy. I came here to chew gum and kick ass. <laughs> I want a lot of gum. Great line. Well, right? it's, best. it's the best. But you're talking about him being a fighter. Okay. Okay. Good. These guys, are, they're not Daniel Day Lewis. This isn't my I, left foot they're doing. I agree with you on that. But Rock can sing. He can play the ukulele. He can do everything. He can do it all. <laughs> as far as wrestling movie performances, that's it's got to be up there. Right? It is. Oh, no. It, I'm not saying it's not. It definitely I'm not is. saying Piper was a good actor. He never had another movie after that where. Uh, uh, Surprisingly, he should have. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that was it. Yeah, but he was amazing in it. Andre yeah. the Giant, he wasn't the leading man, but uh, Princess Bride, he was quite good. He was amazing. Yeah. John but Cena, of course. We talked about this a few weeks John's ago. A, but... John's getting there. And I'm telling you, in real life, he's an amazing actor, in my opinion. Yeah. I think he's better than The Rock. He well, is. In, in real yeah. life, he is. Yeah. yeah. But what I was going to say, though, is The Rock has two things that he tends to do. He either plays a role that's very similar to Dwayne Johnson, or he plays a role that is going in the complete opposite direction of that, like Central Intelligence or something, where it's mm -hmm. funny because it's so not The Rock that he's playing, yes. that he's making fun of it. That's a big guy who's, like, really right. hypersensitive or something. I will put his role in what I'm listening to in the background in my other room, Moana, his role in, in Ma with Maui. Mau the, okay. Every kid in America does not associate with him as the former wrestler. They think he's Maui. It's yeah. huge. Matt, I mean, uh, and he uh, sung in that. By the way, no big deal. And he was amazing. Kids' favorite movie. I mean, you know, a generation of uh, uh, kids growing up with him. So, I mean, so, it's yeah, yeah, but no, but but to your point, Raj Batista is the best wrestler turned actor. Like by, mm, I think he's overrated. Did you watch Knock at the Cabin or some of these other? Like he's done some really interesting parts. I was really impressed like, with him, and I know yeah. him. I, I didn't know he could have some of these different ranges. He he's shown more more yeah. range. If we're being honest, he's I mean, really he's good. Serious, but he's he considers himself like a serious actor. I mean, don't get me he wrong. He says films. He doesn't say movies. Oh, right. He says films. I was gonna say in, in interviews sometimes he's a little pretentious. And I say that with love. <laughs> yes, but, um, yeah. but I was going to ask you this, Matt, because we've actually never talked about this. We've talked a little bit before about your time in American Gladiators, which we should revisit in the future. Oh, yeah. But mm -hmm. Matt, you've acted in a few roles. You've been, you did a couple TV guest appearances. You mm -hmm. did an independent movie or two. When you mm -hmm. did that, was for you, at the time, was it like, well, I'm going to do this. It'll be fun. Yeah. Or was it like, I'm seriously going to get into this? I'll tell you what I thought. I thought when I left, I remember thinking, oh, my God, every single pro wrestler should be doing movies we can do our own stunts um and the stunt guys they have okay they're okay but they're not better than us and we give more to those action scenes than the uh, stunt people generally do the only thing i found difficult about any of it was how long you heard, you heard the phrase oh show business is to hurry up and wait business it really is as far as the takes you have to shoot so many angled takes around the set that's something that i wasn't used to um, but the fact that we have all this pressure on us to be wrestling in our underwear every week on live television with a microphone in our hand and not mess it up and finish what we're supposed to say in one minute. Otherwise we're going to cost the company a lot of money by going overtime, whether it's our match or being on the mic, they don't have that kind of pressure. So I think because of the pressure wrestlers are under many of them, I think all of them, quite frankly can act and, and and should look for those opportunities when the time comes. I'm not saying you're going to be the rock or scene or anything like that, but there's definitely Aaron Stevens, Aaron, um, I forget what was he in, and Damian Sandow. Yeah. He does quite a bit of acting and he's fantastic. There's lots of them that could be doing it. That's what I felt leaving the set of a Fox show at the time called good guys, mm -hmm. the good guys. And, um, that was a big show at the time. And, uh, I just remember that part of it, the, the waiting part, just, to get every angle of every single shot that for just the one scene that would take forever. And I'm a very impatient person, very impatient. So I was on my best behavior, obviously. So I didn't like make anybody angry with me, but, um, as my wife, I was constantly calling like, God dang, it took us literally a day and a half to shoot two scenes, two scenes law, you know, and I was yeah. out in Texas heat shooting it, but, um, still, still worth it.
Yeah, and I know you don't like travel and being away from home, but I, I, I always meant to ask you because I was like, I know there had to be another reason. There's not a lot of guys out there with your build or your frame or your look. Certainly, you know, even if you're not doing Batista work, there's got to be probably some pretty decent money in being mm -hmm. like Russian thug number three. So I was supposed to be, I forget which the Iron Man was, but it was the Iron Man that had, uh, who's the guy who played the wrestler? Mickey Rourke. What was it? What was the evil character he played in Iron Man? Whiplash. He's the Russian guy. Yeah. yeah there was supposed to be a, a different, a different heel or a combo of different heel, if I remember correctly. That I was supposed to be up for. They made the suit for me and everything. Um, but then he ended up coming back to want to be part of the film, and they just said, "Later, Matt Morgan. We don't need you." <laughs> and you've had a couple of those. I, I know you probably yes. still can't talk about some, but you've had a few like superhero things and stuff where they're like, "Hey, come in for this, but don't tell anybody about it." Yes. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's cool though i mean hey it's good if they're still if they still got your number you never know the right opportunity could come along but yeah it sounds like you're not cut out for grinding in that lifestyle no and i'll be honest i did every bit of it that to help my wrestling mm -hmm. believe it or not i i i thought if i could you know get in a couple of these bigger movies then they'll have to pay me more money to be a professional wrestler which was my love so yeah. it's kind of backwards how i tried to do it yeah yeah um which kind of ties into they live it's interesting that they cast roddy piper in that and he plays a, you know a, a drifter we don't hear much about drifters anymore but he's essentially <laughs> i mean right drifters were everywhere white snake wore the same clothes drifters. the whole movie right like you uh know, i think drifterism peaked with with white snake and like a drifter i was born to walk alone and then you never heard anything about drifters after that that's a great <laughs> white snake quote yeah <laughs> one of the best rock videos of all time by the way thanks to tony katane Yes. Um, so he wore the same clothes. He was he was looking for work though. I was watching I was watching a documentary about people that tag graffiti on trains, and there was a clip from a movie where they're explaining the difference between it's on Showtime. I don't know. I the, Matt, there was a Cypress Hill documentary, and I finished the Cypress Hill documentary and they were like, Oh, graffiti artists, I'm like, this could be cool. And they're like, on trains. And I'm like, okay. But they explained the difference between uh like a hobo. A hobo will work. A bum will not work. So like a drifter, I guess, is more like a hobo. Um, so in the sense that they will go from town to town, they looking will work to term, get by. Yeah. Looking for short-term work. Yes. Um, and they would ride the rails. Yes, People still ride the their, rails. But there's always something from the mysterious past that makes them a drifter. That they keep moving on. You know, John Carpenter, he said that this movie was, uh, it, it wasn't a movie, it's a documentary. <laughs> He's like, this is like the reality that uh, that we're in. And uh, he, he really feels like this is, uh, he was tying it up into like corporate America and all this stuff. But uh, yeah, like it, it was his vision on, you know, where things are at, which is kind of wild. A little bit. I know it's weird. I definitely don't want to talk politics, especially given everything in the world. But I swear to God, if you told me that all this shit that we deal with day to day, internationally, nationally, that there are aliens who are trying to control us and keep us fighting with one another because they have some big takeover plan. I'm, hey. It's not the worst idea I've heard to explain what's going on in the world. We'd be playing right into their hands if so, right? Yes. <laughs> right now. That's why we need to wear the sunglasses so we can right. see. You know, um, but yeah, he's a drifter, and somehow he stumbles into wearing these sunglasses, and he can see the aliens and the secret messages telling you to obey. Um, and then uh, he befriends Keith David, who is also down on his luck, and they have like a ten-minute fight scene when he's trying <laughs> to convince Keith David to put the sunglasses on so he also can see. One of the best fight scenes of all time in the movie. It was a lot. Super, just it was a suplexes. Lot <laughs> to put them on, just to put on a pair of freaking glasses. That was a lot. That one. Yeah, it's like just, just, just try them on for a little bit. <laughs> like that was that, that was like a roadhouse type of fight. Like that was a huge, <laughs> huge fight. Yeah, fight scene. They they were padding this movie out. How long is the wrong time on They Live? I have a mm -hmm. feeling it's uh, you know, an hour and thirty seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You could have you could have cut out a good. Uh, well, forty-five most minutes. <laughs> most movies, like they, when we grew up, most movies are about an hour and a half long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the minimum, right? Like you can't, like you can't have a movie under ninety minutes. Now it's what's with all these two and a half hour, three hour, uh, three hour long movies? 
Yeah, that was quite Dude, I want to see uh, The Killers of the Flower Moon or whatever that, that movie's called with Leo. And uh, mm-hmm. it's like, I, you know, by the time we find a, a, a time and it's like, you know, by the time it's over with oh, the, the trailers and everything, it's like, I got to pick up the kid. Like, I can't, I can't do it. Like, uh, it's too long. Yeah, you definitely can't go at night to watch that. It's got to be like a matinee. Type during the shit, during the day, you can't go. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit much. But with this movie, I mean, it's uh, I actually think it's a perfect runtime. It does feel mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that fight scene. As I as an adult, maybe that's the part where I'm just kind of like, okay, they could have cut this. Maybe yeah, seventy five percent would have been. Um, One of the best fight scenes in the movie, I thought. Like as far as like how gritty it was, it, it, you know. It was, that and uh you know as far as a street fight scene like that rocky five <laughs> rocky five Roger loves rocky five yeah uh, i will i will turn people around on it this debuted at number one at the box office yeah so I didn't know that. that's crazy i didn't know that and it came number four so almost 35 years old sorry Raj, what were you gonna say how many wrestlers have had a movie open at number one so it's piper uh the rock batista cena but not Batista oh. in a starring role. Oh, but as far as like the the lead, John Cena Rock. never did. Rock, yeah, just the Rock and Piper, I think. Cena definitely. I mean, no. something Cena's done has to have opened. Nope, not as not that lead. it was not that it was good, but the Marine didn't do like big numbers the first week it came out or anything like that. No. Okay. Hogan, uh, No Holds Barred was number two. Uh, That's I think, so uh, hilarious. That's the funniest thing of all. By the way. <laughs> So yeah, I think that I think he's the only other one outside of The Rock. If anyone in the uh, chat knows, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's it as far as the uh, the headliner. Yeah, I think that's it. What year did this come out? Eighty-eight. Yeah, this is why his hair was a little bit longer. Remember when he came back? It was kind of a baby face uh, announcer there for a minute there with uh, Vince. Yeah. It was interesting. He hit, I remember... he hit Vince with the chair. <laughs> the flare attack i remember <laughs> when i watched this the first time it was just kind of like wait piper's a bad guy how am i going to root for him in a movie but i think i think matt to, we're talking about the drifter thing i think that's why it worked it's like you feel sympathetic to the guy at the beginning of the film yeah and i'm really gonna take a reach here glenn that i would also argue is one of the first times i can remember because of how entrenched he was in an americana heelism or villainism i mean again i'm not overstating that wrestling the rock and wrestling thing happened and he was on mtv as the ultimate epitome of what every kid thought the villain was cartoon with hulk hogan's rock and wrestling on mtv with that and on wrestling each week he was the villain of all villains if there was a layer of wrestling heels he was the head of it he was the the, the, whatever you want to call it the leader oh yeah the lex luther if you will of heels and so to see him on the movie screen like you're saying you're exactly right i didn't know how to take it but it was one of the very first introductions of me being introduced to a villain that wait a minute he's not that bad of a guy even though it's a completely different character i'm still (laughs) i'm still a little kid watching this you got to remember i'm only 12 years old and going hmm, maybe this guy's not bad after all you know, and then sure enough, he came back to WWE eventually and was a babyface. Has there ever been a greater heel than Piper? I mean, Andre was different. I, I don't believe so, no. Yeah, because Andre was scary. Um, you know, like no, when he didn't pay, but people did not, well, they paid to see him because of freak factor, right? Just because yeah. National Geographic, humongous, giant, mm. legit giant. Right. But I would argue nobody paid their. Paid, had more fans pay the hard-earned money to go see them get their asses kicked than Roddy Piper did. Do you think, though, part of it is also our age at the time, though? Because I think that as you get older and as the wrestling business I go matures... Back, I, I, I'm such a nerd. Yeah. I do go back and I watch a lot of the old... My favorite sure. time of wrestling was those 80s um, when, when wrestling first hit and Hulkamania had just yeah. been there for about maybe six months to a year. And it was Piper... <laughs> You had Big John Studd and King Kong Bundy and his heels as well that were really, I liked a lot. But like Piper was the one, if you go back and watch Piper's pits even in the ring of MSG or Boston Garden, he was such a jerk. Like he, he man, he put so much energy into it. And they just, like they radiated hate mm-hmm. for him. 
But as you get older, though, you appreciate it more. That's what I'm saying. Is like now you see a heel, and now we like the bad guy because. Uh, like, oh, I see what you're saying. What saying? I, I thought you were gonna yeah. say, like, you overblowed out of proportion how good or bad they were because we were little kids at the time. Maybe like Big John Studd, for example, who I thought yeah, was yeah. like sure. a great challenge to Andre the Giant, and was oh just <laughs> no. almost just as tall. And I go back, and I'm embarrassed. I was actually thinking that as a kid. <laughs> yeah, no, but when you was seven, the last great heel. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, season. MJF. MJF. Good. Yeah. MJF. Dominic Mysterio, but that's almost Dominic. <laughs> Dominic Mysterio. Dominic's great. fun to hate, though. Don't, like yeah, he's not fun. like a. That's my point, though. Is MJF no. even you like MJF? Right. Like Logan yeah. Paul is probably the closest thing to I someone people genuinely dislike, and yeah. even then, it's like I hate that I respect what a good wrestler he is because right. I really mm-hmm. don't care for him on so many levels. Uh, same here with me, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like Piper was one of those guys, like back in the day, people would try to stab him. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Know, like in the parking lot. But the good uh, question is, you guys ask, though, yeah. is a good question. But when you're yeah. seven years old, Matt, you have a very clear idea of like, well, Hulk Hogan, he's good. a real American, fights for the right of every man. Piper's a jerk. Oh, he's bad. This is good and bad. But when you're like 11 years old, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, Piper. Yeah, that was, he's a bad guy. But oh, he really made me laugh with this. Or I wish I could say that to my teacher when he's Macho said. man. Macho yeah. Man was the first villain I started to think was pretty cool, and I thought it was yeah. pretty funny. When he turned on Hogan, he was at the just top of this game. Yeah. I always felt like if they had uh, mm-hmm. Macho Man beat Hogan at WrestleMania five, mm-hmm. but uh, Tom McCloskey saying Christian, Christian is about as yes. close as an old school heel right now. It, it, even when he was with WWE at the time, I remember yeah. he was still finding his way in singles, um, and he had the horrible music, Christian, Christian. <laughs> It's the worst heel getting music yeah. ever. But, 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 like, remember when he came out and tried to make the peep show and how they're the peeps? And he basically was taking Rock's gimmick and, like, he's the new big star of the show that Rock's making movies now. Like, right. people did, people radiate heat for him, too. That's a good point. <laughs> I feel like he's at the top of his game right now. Like, I, I, I feel like he's never been better as, as I, he is right now. So at first I hated the turtleneck. I was like, this is obvious. <laughs> He's wearing this so he doesn't have to be in shape. This is so obvious. Um, right? But no, it's just adds to the layer of hedism with this guy of why right. you should hate him. <laughs> it's like, what's douchier than a turtleneck? <laughs> while you're wrestling, right? A sleeveless turtleneck. <laughs> you know, a turtleneck He's muscle great. shirt. He's great. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have thought of that. Not a million tries if you gave it to me. Uh, so just get me heat. <laughs> he's so good and he's at the top of this game right now what what do you guys think about uh them doing uh kenny omega versus uh mj uh, on i thought it was i watched it actually watched it i thought it was a freaking fantastic match and it goes again to everybody who wants to say oh mjf's only good on the stick he proved mm-hmm. it, them wrong again he's fantastic in the ring and he can keep up with anybody and he proved it in this match mm-hmm. question you're asking that i think you're asking is where the hell was the build for this? They had mm. Kenny Omega, the best bout machine, the best in-ring talent one can argue for AEW, and that's given respect to you know Brian Danielson. Um, right? Uh, they just throw him out there essentially, and they had a couple of crossings at their you know entrance ramp at the end of the show. Like, no, you have Kenny Omega versus MJF, you freaking build that baby because I was dying to see it. And once I heard it on the internet, they were they were wrestling each other. I made sure I watched that show for what it's worth. Right. But they could have that could have that's easily a pay-per-view main event easily. Yeah, by far. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, probably the biggest match that they have, you know, as far as the two biggest stars in the company. Wouldn't you uh, before that I would have argued it would have been Brian Danielson versus Omega. And they gave it to us, which I was grateful for for free, if you remember. Right. right yeah. And it was like an hour match. Right. If I remember correctly, it was a yeah. great match, too. Yeah. But again, they gave it to us for free. I should be grateful as a fan. I shouldn't be bitching and moaning about that. Right. I have to pay to see it. But right, if yeah. you're talking, if this is our business and we're the owners, how would you do it? Of course, I'd make people pay to see it. Yeah. yeah. And, and do more than three days build. You know, for sure. At least give I mean, it a week. <laughs> so let me ask a question about Kenny Omega. Is he is he just playing up like his knees being screwed up and he's battered and banged up and about like he didn't say he's about to retire, but he was giving the speech at the end of that show like he's getting closer versus not being closer to retirement. I thought. I just feel like uh, it feels like he's been underplayed a lot over the last year. You know, since uh, definitely. Where 
I don't know. It feels like he's, I don't know. Maybe there's a, a method to the badness. Maybe they're just trying to let him heal up. But That uh, could be. It could be have injuries maybe we're not aware of. But mm-hmm. with that match he just had with MJF, I don't see him. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's a great, great match. One of the best I've seen in quite a long time. Um, yeah. And I feel like I say that a lot with a lot of AEW matches, but specifically that one. Um, mm-hmm. One other thing, you bring up a good point, Raj, about you know last year it feels like they haven't been really playing him up much. Um, it also hurts him because one of the things he needed to start figuring out was his – I know he talks a very deliberate way, like his own style of talking, and he uses these gosh, golly, G type of phrases that I, I don't like it. Gosh, um, golly, I bet you would do. I mean, it's over when he says, I bid you do, you know, good night, bang, crap. But yes, that's over. But like this is his, 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 his voice, his tone. Um, and I'd say that about myself. My tone does not fit my look. If you saw me in a dark alley, you would not think this voice would come out of my body, right? You'd expect me to have a really super deep voice. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. Matt, do you ever go up to a hot woman in a club and then she talks like this? I mean, you know. Oh, I see what he did there, folks. That's a Vince McMahon <laughs> reference to my stuttering character when he tried to sell it. To me. <laughs> um, but, but with Kenny, like the different, just the way he talks, I thought he could have been snapped out of that and brought to a different level. Um, with different vernacular, different tonage, and paying a hell of a lot more attention to his promos to be that top, 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 tippy top guy in the industry. Because in the ring, he's the, he is that. He is him when it comes to in the ring. But I mean, on the promo part, um, you know, I've, he still has a lot of room that he can improve, which is scary because he's so damn talented. But what I'm getting at, Raj, is the year of them like not downplaying him and not doing as much with him, I think hurts him in a way because he's not being given those big opportunities that MJF has gotten over the years where I would argue he's had no choice but to improve because they've given him 17 minutes, one time 27 minutes, a straight mic time. It's yeah. a lot of TV time to be given, and you're going to either sink or swim. Mm-hmm. And yeah. while MJF and the others continue to, to, to swim and do the backstroke while doing it, they haven't really given Kenny as many of those opportunities, and I think that's not fair because he could have they, they could have helped him improve in that in that in that regard, in my opinion. If he was in WWE, right. I promise if he was with WWE Raj, I promise you his mic skills would be better. I would guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the uh where they're kind of missing the butt a little bit because I mean Kenny Omega he right now is the biggest star he's been. But you feel like there is an opportunity lost a little bit. Like there, it's not yeah. fully, you know, he's not fully utilized. I see him always as a main event talent. No questions, if and buts about it. And this, uh, this upset of collision, it, it's looking like it did, you know, under 500,000 viewers, probably a little, the final number will come out 500,000 again, like doing it with no build. Um, you know, when they did Hogan versus Goldberg, that worked. You know, they didn't have a bunch of build for it, but that was all they needed. It was well, Hogan and Goldberg. This was not. Let, let me start to cut you off. Let me ask you the question, then, both of you. What's the fix then? Because I believe they could have Jesus on television wrestling him. And and I'm telling you, a three day build, and it'll do the same. It will not go past 600, 700,000 viewers. What's the answer? How do you fix those ratings on Saturday nights? I think first you got to get rid of Rampage because that I think cuts into it. Uh, But, you know, I think uh, TNT, it's cheap programming for them. So, but, you know, I think the, the, the fact that they pull this match off, it makes me think like, this is no inside knowledge, nothing like that. Just, uh, uh, do you remember when they randomly did Ray versus uh, Roman in Hell in a Cell on SmackDown, <laughs> and then they did Lashley versus I think it was Lashley versus Rollins in Hell in a Cell that Monday night on Raw, and mm-hmm. it, it turned out there was a bunch of like internal uh, pressures on the ratings, and so I, I almost think that that's what happened here was that oh, uh, interesting that. that, that TNT was like, all right, we need to get these numbers up. And they're like, uh, you know. Why don't they do a hot storyline or something that when tease like, okay, we're, you know what? Tony loves to tease his announcements. But why don't they really figure out a way to do old school, you know, a three week or five week arc to build to a match like this? You know? That's a good point. You I, got me. Yeah, that's a great point, Glenn. I don't you know. know. 
because on SmackDown, actually SmackDown is a great example. The SmackDown knows how to do that. I mean, they drag it out probably too too long on most of these. But it's like WWE understands the idea of like, okay, we have people that tune in. Maybe we have an event that happens and maybe we don't pop a big rating for that. But so many people are talking about that for the next week. Then they're trying, they're going to tune in the next week to see what's going on and where's it going. Then we're going to announce something. Then they tune in the next week. And then we announce that we're going to pay it off on this episode or this, this uh, live event. Like they know how to get buzz for something and i feel like aew and jimmy jacobs is working there now like this idea that it's all tk and he doesn't have writers i just don't understand why they're not able to tell something that gets that captures the imagination of the internet you know they got it with the mjf adam cole storyline mm-hmm. i'll give them that right the, the people were really entrenched in that more than i wanted because i wanted my mjf back i wanted my heel back yeah so bad um <laughs> And, and to your point, when they breast that that was the highest rating they did outside of the, the first mm-hmm. week of collision when uh, uh, MJF and Adam Cole wrestled FTR because of that story. Like they they, they got, got people stars. invested in that story. Think back. So see, wait, 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 wait a minute. CM, yeah. Sorry, CM Punk's collision debut didn't do better than those. Well, the first the first week did. And uh, let's see here. Uh, let me bring up my spreadsheet. <laughs> Glenn, why you uh, say what you were saying? Oh, um, I was think back to a year ago of what WWE did with Sami Zayn and the Bloodline, and every week Ooh. it was like, "Are they gonna beat his ass down this week? What's gonna happen?" And they found a way to keep surprising us and entertaining us and keep us invested. And we all kind of knew it was gonna be Montreal. We, even when we knew that, though, we didn't stop watching because of the twists and the turns. Yeah, I mean, it, you're you're hundred percent right. That's still the best storyline I've seen. I don't know even know how long. Yeah, Bloodline hasn't been the same since then. No. So the highest rated CM Punk match outside of the first week uh, uh, was Samoa Joe that did a .21. That MJF and Adam Cole FTR match at .27. Mm-hmm. So it was way ahead. And uh, just as a comparison, the last episode of Collision did it at .16. So, uh, wait, wait, no. you mean, as, with timeout, you're saying 0.16? Yeah. In the 0.16. Wait, a share a, not the this, rating. The, the 18 to 49 rating was a point that's one, that's the 0.16. Share. The 18 what, to 49. What was the overall rating? So it did uh, 518,000 viewers last week. So 0.5. Well, the, the rating is a, a fraction of the, the number of homes and, and everything. But Yeah, there's a share and then there's numbers. Right. Um, right. Um, but Veggie Gamer has a point, though. It's like then you got the Dynamite issue. It's like Edge making no difference in the rating shows. If viewers don't Good have any faith, they'll actually use them right. I like Edge, but some people aren't going to just tune in just for his in-ring stuff. It's Good call. That's a good call. Can I, can I get, can I get piggyback on that, Glenn? I always go back. When I finally made my mind up that no one or two talents can change a rating overnight it is the storylines that matter is when, again, we had Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. come to impact. It wasn't just Hulk that night, if folks remember. Hulk, Ric Flair, Jeff Hardy, RVD. Right, yeah. What? Gee, that's yeah. it? That was Gee, insane. Yeah. <laughs> the Messiah of professional wrestling, the Babe Ruth. He couldn't get us. I mean, okay, Matt, you did 1.4. Whoopie doo. We were averaging 1.1s and 1.2s for that year. Go back and read it. Go those stats. I promise that. So he yeah. helped us increase it by 0.2. Right. That's Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, the two greatest of all time. I mean, I'll give you just like a childhood example i remember you know i'd buy a lot of comic books and the ones that i loved are the ones where the story like x-men new mutant stuff where it's like oh my god i can't wait to see what happens next and i remember one day i'm browsing and i see dc had a comic called firestorm and i'm like this guy's costume looks on point it's red it's white he's got fire for hair and like i looked through it and i was just like i don't even know what the f's going on here like i can't follow the story this is just bullshit he looks cool but meh what am i gonna do you know yeah cool yeah yeah, you, um, you gotta have you gotta have both. It's this is a business that's about you know in ring matters, but it's like man, if you don't have a good story, like again, there's real sports out there. There's UFC, there's boxing matches. We can watch really talented guys beat the shit out of each other in a variety of different ways, but it's how you make them care about it that keeps them tuning in week in and week out. Look at hey for for what it's worth. Look at Judgment Day. People can say yeah. whatever they want. You can't say the fans in the arena are not emotionally invested in the Judgment Day. They are. Yeah. Um, My big problem with the Judgment Day is they're doing that same 
mix of guys every week. Yeah. It's Judgment Day against Cody, Jay, and uh, yeah, it's just over and over. Um, over and over. I'm stoked, though. Uh, Abaddon got some TV time this weekend. Oh, she's yeah back and active i still think we you guys remember i mean abaddon had one of the best she, debuts in pro wrestling i remember the night we talked about that it was amazing was super over with something completely different we were all super stoked about it i remember that glenn yeah, yeah. um so i'm glad she's back in the mix and it's not just a halloween thing apparently it's being reported she's back she's wrestling like she's unique they yeah. gotta find time. They gotta find time. They got lots of good talent on that roster. They just don't have the time for these talents. So that's why I really want to see Collision do well. I want to see a Rampage do well because my friends need need work. They need mm-hmm. time to be on television. Yeah, um, and that's gonna be the worst thing, Matt. Right when you're signed, yeah. but you're not being used. Yes, yes, it's torture. But the the problem with Collision is that they're still using the same guys that they're using on Dynamite. You know, like it's not yeah. like uh, yes. uh, you're getting a, a bunch of people that don't have exposure otherwise. But cool. Hey, before we can, can we can we transition to one more topic? If yeah, that's please. okay. Yeah. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but I did. I paid my hard-earned money to watch this fight. I did pay to watch um, Tyson Fury versus uh, uh, Nagano. And um, knocked him down. <laughs> I thought, I'll be honest, I thought he was robbed. I thought he, when it went to the judges, he should have won this fight simply because he did have a knockdown. He took all of uh, Tyson Fury's shots. He, was, he has a steel jaw, and his power, his punch of his, his power punch is ridiculous. Um, he has the, they said that he has the highest ranked hard hitting punch, whatever you want to call it, most yeah. powerful punch. He's like Drago, like the. Uh, the- Pounds yeah, right. Pounds per inch or whatever. <laughs> he holds the record to that currently, and uh, I, I just thought he did enough to win that. And I thought he got completely robbed at the end. I'm not saying he won by a lot, but I, where it came down to, I think, what they say, 95, 94, 98, 96, whatever it came down to. It was a split decision, right? It was a split decision. It came down to like one point. Wow. I think Damn. it was, and, and and I thought it should have been in his favor at that one point because he did get the knockdown. And if you compare their 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 hits, uh, their punches landed stats, like he was throwing a lot of punches and he had more accuracy up and up to the fourth round part. Like I thought Tyson would have won if he didn't take the the knockdown out uh, out of the third round. Okay, let's pretend that didn't happen to Tyson Fury. I thought he, then you could have made the argument he won those first four rounds, but they showed the Compia stats and it's like no, he didn't. They were like dead even with anything. Uh, Nagano, Francis Nagano, had, uh, having a higher percentage of landed hits. Mm. Um, and it wasn't like he was being outthrown by a lot either compared to, to, to Fury. He did really good, you guys. Mm. He, like, I know it's a little bit late because he's 30 plus old, years old now and whatnot, but dude, he's missing a career here because he's got a steel jaw. And I can make the argument Tyson Fury was out of shape. He was. His love handles were like, he's always had love handles. He's never been in shape or a body guy. We know that. Like his back fat was blubbering around while he was bouncing around the ring. Mm. Um, usually he doesn't do that. Usually it's a little that tighter is, than that. That's insane that a zero and zero fighter like went toe was, to toe with the, I mean, it's a Rocky story, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, so it's like Deontay, Deontay Wilder is you know the Bronx bomber. He, punches, he lands bombs. That's why they call him that. But like yeah. he couldn't do it. He did knock him down a couple times. He did knock down Tyson Fury a couple times in his fights, but not he wasn't able to withstand the hits that Nagano was was yeah. able to take. He was really good, really impressive. I, I thought it was worth every penny. Just the end, I felt like I got gypped because I was hoping not just hoping Nagano won, but I thought he did. Mm. Man, actual combat sports. It's it's interesting, right, Matt? Because it's like you think about what you pay for this. I mean, I go back to what was that Tyson fight that ended in like 70 seconds. Back oh. in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, no, no, the one where we lost. Wait. Oh, uh, oh, what was that? Wait, Wait or was the one where, no, it wasn't one where we lost. No, you're right. It was the quick one where he won. Like, I hated that. It's like, oh, we, we get together, we pay like $100 for this, and then it's just over. I mean, people would say that about Ronda Rousey too, but it it, it kind of built on their like there. It almost built the interest for the next one because you're like, this person's unstoppable. 
and and you said they're such a badass they're unbeatable like the next thing in the playground everybody was mimicking yeah. mike tyson i remember <laughs> when they knocked him out so quickly right yeah remember um, we, we were kids we were kids we didn't pay for it mom and dad did or my oh, uncle billy using his little bobby pin if he had a gerald uh, cable <laughs> box like, don't, don't turn to the high channels you're not old enough uh, well, well people didn't want to watch 50 50 fighters right you yeah, want the baddest person yeah. in the world and oh, that was the draw spe speaking of ronda moved to the wwe alumni page she's doing yeah. a uh southern oh. california date in november like three weeks what, what does that mean that so then why would they move her to that page if she's actually actively wrestling no, because she's she's actively wrestling for someone else. The contract is up. Yeah, like yeah. she's no longer under contract. Oh, she's wrestling in an indie show. Yeah. PW, not not PWG. Uh, Pro Wrestling well, Revolution. Oh, Gorilla. PWG. Oh, no, it's not it's PWG. No, she used to go PWG. watch that a lot. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, November wrestling. Let's look this up. Wrestling Revolver. Or yeah. Marina yeah. Shafir is also signed. Maybe that's what. Yeah. Um, because my apologies. Give me two seconds. Yeah, no worries. So, that, I mean, that's interesting that her WWE WWE deal expired. Not that they, I don't think, they never, they lucked into booking her well for a short period of time. But, yeah. Um, you, you, the, the problem was they never made her feel like a Brock Lesnar. Yeah. You know, like they, they made her like everyone else. And that's what she wanted, though. Yeah, but you got to step in and be like, no, that's not the best use. You know, <laughs> like it's like your best is a special attraction. Yeah. Uh, and then fans turned on her, and you know, it, uh, and then she turned on the fans. You could tell she wasn't having fun by the end. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this will be interesting. Uh, one other thing before we wrap this up. So it is almost Halloween. I don't know if you guys are hearing about this Five Nights at Freddy's movie, had the biggest Halloween weekend opening ever. For a horror movie um but it's streaming what? on peacock yeah it's like 70 million dollars in the u.s this weekend and it's on peacock Wait. at the same time yeah and it's streaming what's it called five nights at freddy's it's based on a video game series but matt here's why i think you'll like this and it ties in perfectly to this show hmm. freddy fazbear the character it's it's a the, where this movie is set is like an abandoned chuck e cheese so Freddy the Bear is like a Chuck E. Cheese-like character, and it's a horror movie. And imagine the animatronics are trying to kill you. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's pretty clever, actually. I got to watch this. Text me the name if you can. Yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's. It's on Peacock. Um, and I have to say, like, the storyline, I, I was shocked. We put this on, and I was like, oh, this is just, you know, I'm just watching this for the Chuck E. Cheese spoof. But then I was like, no, the acting is good. Uh, the story, it was different than I thought. Like, yes, it's scary, but it's not. Um, yeah, it's a PG-13 movie, but I was like, no, this is good. The video game series is really popular. The video game series is like a puzzle game series. So it has nothing to do with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? No, no. Okay. Yeah, I thought it did when I first said no. Can I just say I love Tom McCloskey's um, biopic. That's Eddie, from, um, <laughs> um, if I remember Iron, correctly, of Iron, Iron Maiden. Maiden. Yeah. Uh, so Five, Night Freddy's, Five Nights at Freddy's and... Um, Still recommend Totally Killer on Prime Video if you want a time travel slasher film. Those are my two picks for Hollywood uh, for Halloween movies to watch. Both of them are streaming. Check it out. Next week, Raj, I forgot about this. We have to do this movie for next week. We'll, we're going to keep with this balanced format, guys. People, we hear you. We hear what you want. We're going to do it. And this actually ties in well. Raj Giri, more shameful than the Goonies and not having seen that. Raj Giri has never seen the movie Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme. You all should be absolutely <laughs> polluting our chat right now and saying shame on Raj. Hashtag shame on Raj. All yes. right. That's going to change this week. Yes. We're going to watch Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Talk about that next week. Maybe we could talk a little bit about death matches and all the, the, the keep with the blood theme of uh, the, the crazy uh, hyperviolence. Okay. And we'll talk what's going on in the world of wrestling. Cool. November is coming up. Best Survivor Series. You know. Yeah, so next week, Bloodsport. Um, I'll tell you, the watching Five Nights at Freddy's, I was like, I could go to go to a Chuck E. Cheese and play some skee-ball. Like, I miss uh -huh. that. Pizza's not yeah. great, but skee-ball's on point. Okay. You know, they got All rid right. of most of the video games there. They Now they just have, like, a lot of games for tickets, and they have, like, some of the light gun games. But it's not like it was back in our day where you go there, and it was like a video game wonderland of, like, every arcade game you could imagine. And the lighting is different now. It's, like, very fluorescent now. I remember, like, it was... Uh... 
dark. Uh, so we went like 10 years ago, take the kids, and it just, I don't know, it just kind of sucked. Like, uh, yeah. No more Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yes. Or it's showbiz also, pizza, depending on where you were in the country. It's also yeah. intricate, whereas you couldn't just, you know, you just pop a quarter or two into a game and you start playing right back in the day, but now you got to use a card or it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> Arcades aren't what they once were. Okay, next week, Bloodsport. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Do us a favor. Like, share, subscribe, tell a friend. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube if you're an audience listener. And uh, look forward to your feedback. Hope everybody likes this modified format we're rocking with. And uh, follow Matt Morgan at BP Matt Morgan. Raj at the Raj Giri. I'm Rubenstein. Guys, anything left before we sign off? Just to subscribe, please. Please help us out. And uh, keep subscribing and like. And anything you see this on, if it's on social media, wherever you're watching this, that's connecting you to YouTube to see this, like the post, get on the page, like the video, and subscribe, please. Yeah, we're, we're this is still a young, uh, a young show. So a- a- anytime you like and subscribe, it, it helps us out greatly with the uh, YouTube algorithm and uh, Apple Apple Podcasts and everything. So we we definitely appreciate it. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone. We'll get you back here next week on Gigantic Pop. Take care. Get the last word in.